this is Tom Satino from the Member Relations Group at the Federal Home Loan Bank of New York, and I'm here with our head of LIBOR Transition, Ray Shinazuka. Hello, Ray. Hi, Tom. Great to be here. So this is podcast number three in our series of LIBOR Transition podcasts. Today's title is Jumping on the Sofa Bandwagon. So this podcast is going to be pertaining to what our members need to think about and what our, what our members need to know regarding this big transition. Can you elaborate on the, some of the basics that our members should be thinking about? Yeah, I think that members who are conducting LIBOR business, creating loans and such, the one thing that they really want to think about is to really understand the differences between SOFR and LIBOR because there are a number of things that make the two different. SOFR is a transaction-based index, so it's based on actual transactions that take place. It's a reliable rate. It is uh, sponsored by the Fed. It's uh, been selected from all other possibilities. On the other side, it does have certain disadvantages. It is a overnight rate only, uh, whereas LIBOR stretches out from one and three month all the way out to 12 month terms. And SOFR does not have a uh, credit spread. So it's, uh, it's much closer to a risk-free rate. I think that the more practical difference is that uh, structurally, there just haven't been very many consumer loans or bank loans that are based on uh, SOFR at this point. However, the Alternative Reference Rates Committee does have recommendations on exactly how to structure loans and adjustable rate mortgages for consumers. So uh, we think that 2020 is, uh, is the year that those things are actually going to start happening. Okay. I know from our members' perspective, we do offer some um, SOFR-based uh, adjustable rate loan products or advanced products. A lot of the challenges that I, I know our members are facing is from a, a systems perspective, an, an operational perspective. Can you elaborate a little on that? Yeah. LIBOR sets, uh, the way they talk about it is they say it sets in advance, which means that uh, it's a floating rate, but on the first day, let's say you're going to borrow something, you know what it is, and then for the next month or so, that's the rate, that you use that one rate for that uh, next month, and the next month, you'll get a, a new version of LIBOR. So SOFR works differently in that it changes every single day, and typically the frequency of a product is either monthly or maybe quarterly, and so what happens is that the underlying SOFR changes every single day, and then you determine what that rate is at the end. So that's called set in arrears. Mm -hmm. It works because, as I mentioned, there's almost $200 billion of uh, SOFR indexed bonds out there, but it's different. It does require systems that can handle that, and that's probably the big thing, I think, for every bank to really look at when they're considering uh, going there. A number of vendors are working very hard on this problem. And the ARC has actually convened a, a group of vendors just to talk about and to plan for the SOFR migration. Just to uh, mention to uh, our listeners, uh, the Home Loan Bank, uh, like I mentioned before, we do offer a couple of SOFR-related adjustable rate credit products. One is just a straight SOFR product that just flows to SOFR as a minimum term of three months. And we also have a callable ARC uh, adjustable rate credit. Presently, we also um, have that with LIBOR, but uh, nothing spanning beyond 2021, but callable from the perspective of when it gets to one month left to maturity. And then for the long term, only available for SOFR is a three-year term and with one year left to maturity. We also do swaps with our members and we can do SOFR-related swaps as well. Okay, Ray, to wrap up this podcast, I just have one last question. What kind of resources are available out there 
for members to really have some uh, valuable content to help them with this transition away from LIBOR? Well, Tom, there's a lot of uh, information out there, but I think that the first stop has to be the ARC, the A-R-R-C. That is found under newyorkfed.org slash A-R-R-C, and that will take you to a lot of material that we've been talking about, the history of the whole thing, a lot of frequently asked questions, so it's a great place to go. And I think the other place is uh, our website, fhlbny.com, under Member Resources. We also have a lot of links there to uh, various other sources that I think will help our members. Thanks a lot, Ray. As always, we appreciate it very much. Great insights. Stay tuned for our next podcast, number four in the series. The title of that is The Fallback After LIBOR. So we'll see you again at that point. And again, thank you, Ray. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom.